Crosswalk. <laughs> I am not Pastor Jeff Gunn. <laughs> and no one has run for the door yet, and that's a good thing. I'm Dan Salofra. I am a pastor at Crosswalk. I will be known as the new pastor at Crosswalk or the other pastor at Crosswalk for a while, and that is okay. It is my privilege to be able to come up before you today and to be part of the the group here at Crosswalk, part of the leadership team, and, and look forward to uh, many times being able to share the love of Christ with you. And now for our message this morning, uh, we continue the We Give and actually conclude the We Give series as we look at the vision that we have as a church at Crosswalk. And the portion of God's word, I'm going to read it for you, that we're going to really uh, close in on here and and focus on is from 1 Peter 4, verses 8 through 11. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace In its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Growth Group family, you don't know me. And honestly, I don't know you that well either. Which makes sometimes sharing God's word a little difficult because one of the important things that we need to do is we need to apply it to each other's lives. We need to apply God's word where it hurts. And so over the next number of months, next number of years, I am going to get to know you better. And I look forward to that and and sharing Christ with you. But as we begin today, I think you should know something about me. Pastor Jeff hit a nerve about two weeks ago with me. He described a person who was a spiritual Paris Hilton, and that is me. My life has been an embarrassment of spiritual riches. There is not a day in my life that I can remember that I did not know or do not know who Jesus is. I went eight years to a Lutheran Christian grade school. I went four years to high school to a prep school that was designed for the specific purpose of training future workers in the church. I went four years to a Lutheran Christian college where where I, I went over the truths of God's word, and then after that went for my master's at a seminary where, again, God's word was taught truthfully, and it, it's truth and purity every single day. 
I'm not one of those person who has horror stories about Christian education, about what some nun did to me or anything like that. It was a great time of my life, and I thank God for that. And as you know, as we look at that, Pastor Jeff comes from a different perspective. He grew up not being a Christ follower. And so as we, we, we look at that, he and I have talked about this, and, and this is the illustration that I have in my head. When I came into Phoenix for the first time, we came down from Flagstaff down Highway 17, and I didn't know what Arizona was like. And I was expecting it to pretty much just be a desert. And, and coming down from Flagstaff, it was like, holy cow, this is, this is incredibly beautiful. And as I came into Phoenix and, and with the mountains and stuff, I'm just like, this is, this is awesome. But the other day, I happened to be in Scottsdale and came into Phoenix a different way. And then the other day, I came in on Highway 10. And what I've noticed is this, is that Phoenix has a totally different beauty depending on which way you come into town from. And as we we think about that, Pastor Jeff and I have come to Christ in different ways. And that has given us a perspective as we read God's word that I think you are going to benefit from. That we see from different sides the beauty of God's word and of our God. And so do you, because our paths have been different to him. But as we look at the We Give series, we're together now. And as we go forward, we go forward together. So we share God's word. And and as I think about that, On on one hand, I thought of myself as a Paris Hilton because it's an embarrassment of riches. But I like to think I'm not a spiritual snob or or I don't have a, a feeling of spiritual entitlement. I remember when I was, I think I was about four years old. And I remember my first time being comforted by the good news of Jesus. And I, and I remember it because I was sitting on my bunk bed in my, in my bedroom, and my brother was on the top bunk. I come from a big family. I have four sisters and three brothers. And my three brothers used to always fight with my parents about who would have to sleep with me, who would have to sleep in the same room, because I had terrible adenoids. And because of that, I snored so bad That they would be like, we can't sleep with him. It's horrible. We don't want to share the same room with Dan. And and this night it was particularly bad because not only did I have this issue with my adenoids, but I had a little bit of a cold. And as I was sitting in my my bed and getting ready for bed, I said to my brother, man, ah, this this cold is killing me. I feel like I can barely breathe. To which he said, Good, I hope you die in your sleep so I can get some rest tonight. And then I started crying, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to die tonight. And he said, I'm going to die. And my sister came in the room, and she's like, what are you crying about? And I said, he told me that I'm going to die. And, and she's like, okay, calm down a little bit. Now, so, so you think that you could die tonight? I'm like, yeah, I could. She said, well, what would happen if you died? 
I said, well, I'd go to heaven. She said, well, and, and what would happen in heaven? Well, I would meet Jesus and, and, I, and I would live there and I would be with him. She said, and isn't that a good thing? I said, yeah. She said, then you have nothing to worry about. You're not going to die tonight. But if you did, you have nothing to be afraid of. And for one reason or another, for me as a four-year-old, that helped me go to sleep and to be comforted and to realize that everything was going to be okay. And I've lived with that my entire life. I just have. It doesn't mean I haven't had bad times, that I haven't had ups and downs, times when I've been frustrated, times when I've been hurting. But that's where I'm coming from. And I hope that, that as I share the, the comfort that I have received over the years, that it's something some of you may be able to relate to. But all of us will be able to see the beauty of it, the beauty of the promises that we have in Jesus Christ that in a very real way help us through life. In our lesson for today, it was written by Peter. And Peter was one of the original 12 followers of Jesus. Call him a disciple. And, and, and Peter definitely had his ups and downs as well. And as he wrote these words, he, he was comforting a, a group of people that lived in, in modern-day Turkey. And they were different types of people. Some of them were Jewish people who had grown up in the synagogue, who had learned the, the first five books of the Bible and had learned the Psalms in their Hebrew. And they knew all the words of the prophets because they heard them every single week. There are people like me. And then there were other people who were non-Jewish people who had not grown up hearing God's promises. They were Gentiles, but they had come to know Jesus as their Savior. That was more like Pastor Jeff, or maybe like you. But as Peter wrote to them again, it didn't make any difference. Because now that they had come to know Jesus, they were together. And, and, and they, they needed to stay together through these difficult times because they were difficult. Peter was writing because as these people were going through their life and, and they knew Jesus as their Savior, down deep, if they were really honest, they thought it would be easier. They, they didn't realize that it would be so hard. And as I talk to you as a group, again, I told you that I don't know you all that well. But maybe I think I know you better than, than I think. The first time I was here, I came with my wife and we were looking for a home to rent. And when we were here, we were looking for homes, but there was also an elders meeting that night. And so I went to the meeting and Pastor Jeff passed out a, a sheet that that's called missing and hurting members. And it was double-sided full. There had to be at least 80 to 100 names on that sheet. And, and, and as I looked at them, I'm like, holy cow. And, and I, as we went through them, some people were having problems with relationships, marriage, children, things like that, where they, they, they just were hurting. And, and so... We prayed for you. 
Others have physical problems. Some of them, I remember there were some who had cancer. Some don't even know what's wrong with them for sure. And so they've been going to doctor and doctor and they feel this frustration that they, they don't know what's going on and they don't know what God is doing in their lives. And so as I read this from First Peter, I, I realized crosswalk is not that much different. We're not at all different from the audience that Peter was writing to as well. And this is what he told them. In verse 10, he says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have, been, have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you. Each of you has been given a special gift. Special and unique to you. The, the, the word that's used here is a very interesting one, and, and it's called charisma. The word charis means grace, but it's charisma, from which we get the word charisma. When you know someone who has charisma, it's hard to put your finger on what it is about them, but there's something about someone who has charisma that, that maybe draws you to them a little bit, that they have a gift. And, and it's a gift, again, that it's hard to put your finger on. And so as I was going through this and I'm trying to, to understand it and I'm studying more and more and I, I wanted to have the perfect way to describe or to explain it, I can't. I can't come up with the words. And so maybe a better way is to describe it. That special gift, that charisma that you have been given from God is the gift that makes a four-year-old boy with bad adenoids and a bad cold and a bad brother comforted on a night where he is scared. And it makes him realize that he's not alone and that Jesus is with him. And even though his adenoids weren't getting any better and his cold wasn't getting any better and his brother was only getting worse, that Jesus offered him what he needed. And that was comfort. God has given that gift to you. Each of you should use that gift that God has given you. And the first place you need to use that gift is on yourself. That as you go through the difficulties in life, that you recognize that I am not just a poor person who is suffering, who's miserable. But God looks at me in a different way, that I've been given a special gift, and the special gift that I've been given is Him. It's Jesus. And that's how a truth that 2,000 years ago, a man died on a cross, who was the God-man, and then was put in a tomb that could not keep him. That is how that truth comes into an intersection with your life. You are rich. And that is why later, when, when Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, he said, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich.
That is the reality of who you are. No matter what is happening in your life, that you have the grace of God. You have the special gift of God that he is with you. And so, as we look at our notes, this is the the first truth. And that is that I am a receiver of God's grace. I am a receiver of God's grace. That is who I am. Someone who has received God's undeserved love and his promises, and I hold those inside of me. So as Peter shares this with these people, okay, that's who you are. Now that that as you look at yourself differently, you're going to look at your life a little bit differently. And so he says in verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And the next passage from Colossians says the same thing in a little bit different way. Let your conversation, excuse me, be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Again, what this means for our lives is this, is now that I have been given this special gift from God, this is a gift that I am going to share with others. And so I tried this. I, I, since I had this comfort myself, I remember one time specifically trying to share it with my son. We were in Wisconsin. It was the summer when you have these 90, 95 degree days with 95% humidity. And what happens on these days very often is that it'll be sunny and hot and about 7 o'clock or so, the thunderstorms start rolling in. And the tornado watches go out. So my son had a softball game or had a baseball game, and his baseball game was at six thirty, and we got done. And I had a softball game at eight thirty. So it was one of those nights, and 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 you could see there was a line of of thunderstorms coming in with a chance of tornado. And I picked him up from his game, and and we were driving to my game, and he said, "Dad, let's just go home." And I said, no, we might play a softball game. Can't miss a softball game just because of a tornado uh, or any thunderstorms, lightning strikes or anything like that. And, and so as, as we turned, we, we were facing just this huge black wall of clouds. And he's like, Dad, please, let's just go home. So I said, what are you worried about? Well, I'm worried there could be a tornado. And well, what if there's a tornado? Well, the tornado could pick us up and pick the car up and throw us. Yeah, and then what could happen? Well, we could die. And I said, well, what would happen then if we died? We'd we'd go to heaven. What's so bad about that? He said, Dad, God doesn't want us to waste our lives. (laughs) So as we, 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 and he was true, so he turned around, he convinced me, we went back home. But there's this truth, and that is this, that when someone has been shown a grace, this grace from God, and they have experienced it, it makes them credible when they speak to others. One of the growth groups, if, if you've noticed before, is one Financial Peace University. Tom Weinstein was here in the, the first service. I don't think he's here now. But it's interesting because my wife and I went through Financial Peace University Uh, a number of years ago. 
And, and when we went through it now, I, I'm not proud of this, but it, it was true at the time. When we went in, we had $18,000 of credit card debt, paying 18% interest on it, just an unsustainable model. And of course, we didn't want anyone to know. So you, but now everybody does. Uh, so anyways, we went to the Financial Peace University and, and every time we started talking about money, it would, it would turn into a, not, not necessarily a fight, but definitely a, a difference of opinion uh, on, on, on that. And it was just so frustrating. And so when we went, we didn't know what to expect. And there's something about Dave Ramsey, who, who is the one you watch these, the videos that he has. And, and that is, there's a credibility because as bad as your financial situation is and might be, his was worse, and that made me feel a little bit better. And so, at a time when I looked at our financial future and, and wasn't able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, to have someone who was in worse debt, who had to declare bankruptcy, whose financial future looked horrible, to have him say, you know what, it's going to be okay that if we handle this and approach it in a way that God promises to bless we're going to be okay. And, and there was something about that that brought a calm. As someone who had come out of that fire, that it, it helped and it helped us as, as we did get out of that debt. That would be the plug for the FPU growth group, in case you missed it. But there's another truth, and that is, in your life, each one of you has been in the fire. All of us. If you live in this sinful world, then you have gone through or are going through <coughs> excuse me, difficulty that is unique to you and, and something that you have either suffered to, suffered through, so you have something to offer, or if you are in the middle of suffering, then you have something that you need. And so the point of the growth groups is this, is when you bring people together who have experienced the promise of God and those who are so hungry to hear them from someone that is credible and someone who knows what they are going through, we are doing what the Holy Spirit told Peter we should do. And that is to talk about these things. Because the problems in our lives are like the boogeyman in the closet or the monster under the bed. When I was a kid and, and I would be there, all I would want to do is pull the covers over and, 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 and I would be afraid. But when someone else comes in the room and, and you turn the light on and they look in the closet with you and look under the bed with you, it's not nearly as scary that you don't have to go through it alone. And at the end of the day, that is what growth groups are about. It's about not having to do life alone. This is the truth that we want to learn, and that is that God's words will be in my mouth. That grace that I have received through Jesus Christ and the wealth of information that he gives me for this life and eternal life are what I need to take with me as I go. But God just doesn't want us talking either. He wants action. And that is why he goes on to say, if anyone serves. So the assumption is that you are serving. A better way to say this may be when you do serve, 
you should do so with the strength that God provides. Serve with the strength that God provides. And then also offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. This is, whenever I I study a, a, a portion of God's word, there are parts that confuse me, and this is one. I, it, this is one that confused me very much, and this is why. Okay, you're going through all these difficult things in your life, and it's hard for you, and so you, you need to remember the grace that God has given you. Okay, I get that. Okay, and then what you need to do is, is you need to serve. Okay, I can understand that too. But then of all the things that Peter could have told them to do, what does he tell them to do? Offer hospitality? Really? That's the best you could come up with, Peter? Offer hospitality. Why that? And that was on my mind and on my heart as I looked at this. Why does he bring up offer hospitality? Now, first of all, the word hospitality, I have my own definition. And my definition is this. Hospitality is the ability to make someone feel at home. It's the ability to make someone feel welcome. And so if you have a hospitality room, that's where you invite people to come so they feel comfortable. Or even the word hospital, from which this comes, that a hospital is where someone comes, where someone else brings something that they need. And and it's there, whether it be in the emergency room or or the, the surgical room or wherever it is, that is where they Do the hospital work. But as we we think about this again, making someone feel at home, there is a truth that crosswalk is great at it. Making people feel at home. And maybe one of the reasons why is because it starts with your staff and it starts with the head of the staff, Pastor Jeff. Pastor Jeff and his wife, Julie, have a gift for showing hospitality. When Tanya and I came down here in November, they met us at the airport and not just at the baggage place. They, they parked and came in so that when we came out, that they would be able to see us right away. Like someone that you really wanted to see and haven't seen in a while and, and want to make them feel welcome. Then they took us to their home where we stayed at their home, went in their fridge like it was our own came and went, they gave us a vehicle to use so that we could go wherever we wanted. They made us feel welcome, made us feel at home. And and the rest of the staff too, Doug helping with uh, when we were looking for someone who could help us find a place. Oh yeah, I'll find you someone. Don't worry about it. I'll hook you up. Then when we came down here on December 31st to an empty home that had nothing in it, There were air mattresses that magically appeared because they thought about that. Phil that night had family over. Oh, don't worry. Why don't you guys come over to my house? Let my kids sit in his hot tub for three, four hours, which was great. It's not just the staff and all of the staff. But also, as we're there, one day a couple shows up with a moving survival kit, which was a garbage can. Garbage bags, plastic silverware, paper plates, cleaning supplies, 
everything that if they would not have brought that day, we would have had to go to the store to buy because we weren't allowed to, to move it in the moving stuff. And then people started showing up with food every other day, which I'm thankful for because the people who, who, who brought this food evidently thought that we eat unbelievably large amounts of food because it was enough for that meal the next day lunch, the next day supper, until the next round of food came in. Thank you very much. That type of hospitality. And it's continued. Uh, we have gotten to the point right now, people have given us gift cards. People have, have brought us things uh, for our pantry. Just so no one's feelings are hurt, and just I'll be completely honest about this, my wife and I are taking a load of food to the... Uh, to the the pantry at Eagle College Prep, because honestly, that if we don't take it, it's going to expire before we can use it. And it's nothing personal. Uh, we're thank you. It's just so it's overwhelming. And so when that happens, that showing hospitality, you know what it makes me want to do? Show hospitality. That 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 you have given me this gift it makes me want to share it as well. So that when a moving truck comes into a neighborhood, that I can go walking over there with a garbage can, with paper plates, and, and, and things that I know that they can and will use. It keeps us going. It keeps us going and, and to recognize this is important. So the truth here is that the Lord will supply strength to keep me going. The Lord will supply strength to keep me going. There's only one little problem with that, one little glitch. And and he says, offer hospitality without grumbling. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't say offer hospitality without grumbling unless someone is grumbling. And, and that is the difficult part. And, and sometimes as we serve and as we continue to give and give, that sometimes we can feel like we are emptying ourselves out and that we begin to dry up. And I'm going to tell you that that is also a problem at Crosswalk. And right now, as I have gotten to know the staff a little bit, and, and Christy and Crystal, who, who work with that, there's this truth that the model we have of how many volunteers are necessary on Sunday morning, it's a lot of people. And so a lot of you are serving on a regular basis. And and we show hospitality here. I already said that. When you come through the door, someone welcomes you. Uh, there's food there to show hospitality and make feel welcome. There, there are people on the patio at Crosswalk Kids that, that we offer hospitality by offering a safe environment where our children can go. But when you do that, it takes work. And right now, I, I think maybe some people are going through some burnout because of it. And you might be one of them. As I consider that, I consider my other favorite thing about Crosswalk, and that is being part of the staff here. Every morning, the staff meets to go over a devotion. It's like an hour and a half we spend, which is crazy because I never did that before. 
I've never done that before in ministry because I never had the time, right? There's too many things to get done in a day. But the staff here has said, no, the primary thing we do is spend time together around God's word because if we are not taking care of ourselves spiritually, what's the point? We are going to rot from the inside out. And so we do these soap journals. I don't know if any of you have ever heard this. A soap journal is we write down a devotion thing. So we read the same part of God's word. And the S of soap stands for search. So find a verse that really means something to you. Secondly, make an observation. Hmm, This is what was going on. Next part, the A of soap is apply it to yourself. And then finally, pray. What is it that God wants me to pray about? I was talking about this during the first service. And the kids are going through soap journals and crosswalk kids. And she said, you know what? My daughter does these soap. Maybe, maybe you'd like to see it, Pastor. And then I asked her if I could share it. And she said, sure. So this is from someone this morning, their soap journal. First of all, the scripture, the search part. God wants everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to know the truth. That's the verse she had. Next, this girl made an observation. No matter who they are or... or <laughs> um, no matter who they are, think of that person. Uh, Jesus warns them or wants them to come with him, come to him. And then the application, don't judge people because of who they are. They are never too far from grace. And then prayer, dear God, help me not to judge people. Uh, Please help them to come to you, no matter what they've done, and help me to bring them to you. Amen. That is the type of, you can clap for that. Reading a soap journal like that, I would hope, would make the teacher who is teaching that child realize you are doing some eternal good. And it inspires me that use of God's word. And, and, and not only what others do, but as you do it, that the Holy Spirit, as you come into contact with God's word, makes a promise to you to strengthen you. That is where that strength comes from, not just from results. But as we turn to God's word and we study it, the promise is that he is there and will be with us. And then finally, what is the promise he makes? First of all, from Corinthians, he says it this way. Paul says it this way. Now to each one, a manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. A manifestation is the way that the spirit shows himself. So everyone in every person's life There is a way that the Holy Spirit shows himself. All these are the work of one and the same spirit and gives them to each one just as he determines. You are not an accident. You have been made specifically by God, handmade for a specific purpose. And if you have not found that purpose, keep looking. Because God has a plan for you. That's his promise. Peter said it this way, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And so at the end of the day, as we do these things, and well, Jesus said it this way. Let your light shine before men 
that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And so the truth is, my life will be a demonstration of how great my God is. My life will be a demonstration of how great my God is. And that really brings us back, finally, that, that we, we start to come back to the We Give series. It could have just as easily been the God Gives series. But, but specifically, we did not choose that. And the reason why is because sometimes what, what happens is, is that for Christians, I know I've, I've lived this, that, that you enjoy hearing God's word so much that it's like someone sitting at the dinner table and never leaving, that you just want to eat and eat and eat. And, it, and, and it's a good thing to hear God's word. But there's a reality that we need both diet and exercise. A steady hearing of God's word, but also a steady living of it. And so the, this... The, the point of our message today and the theme is he, God, wants me to go with what I got. And I know that's bad English, just so you know. God wants me to go with what I have. Peter had a vision for his people. And the vision that they would not remain huddled up wondering whether God loved them But the vision was that they would join together, that they would show grace and share God's word with one another. And as they did that, as it is in their mouths and as it was in their actions, that not only would they survive, but they would thrive, that others would see their good deeds, praise God in heaven. And that's also our vision for Crosswalk. We want to take care of you. Absolutely, share God's word with you. We want you to be strong in God's grace and truth. But we also know that life is hard and and it's difficult. And there are things along the way. There are bumps along the road. But they are not things that make us question if God is with us, but they are proof that he is. And so may you, again, take a personal inventory today. Look at the gifts that God has given you Think of the grace, the difficulties that you have gone through and see yourself differently as someone who has something to give and then do it in your lives. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the the wonderful gift of grace that you have given each and every one of us in Jesus Christ, our Savior. We know that no matter what we are doing, and right now there are people in this room who are hurting in in ways that we don't even know about. Please assure them that they are not alone, that you are with them, and help us to be the source of encouragement for them. And finally, Lord, help us to go forward, and, and with that same spirit of giving that you have shown in Christ, may we be a light to the world, and may we also be the 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 embrace or the kind word that someone needs to hear that comes from you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You give me joy more than my share. You fill me up with countless blessings. You give me love as you first loved me. My God.
information, visit us at CrosswalkPhoenix.com.